Welcome back to After Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host, Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC 212, Aldo vs. Holloway. And man, the biggest fight, in our opinion, of the featherweight division this year, finally happening on Saturday, man. Been waiting a long time for this one. Yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm ready to see if the uh, if the if it's going to be a passing of the new guard. Is Max going to do it or not? And joining us to break down UFC 212, our very special guest, the OG tout master, the two times DraftKings qualifier. I'm talking about Kyle Marley. Kyle, welcome back to After Battle, man. Hi, right, man. Thanks for having me back on. Good to talk to you guys again about the fight. You got it, man. And boys, let's get down to business because look, we got Antonio Carlos Jr. He's minus 225. The comeback on Eric Spicely is plus 185. I heard you got a strong opinion on this one, Shaq. I'm going to let you go first, man. What are you thinking? Man, to be honest, I just see Carlos Jr. being too much here. I mean, I know Spicy's got some slick jujitsu, but I mean, let's not forget some of the the mishaps. He's not saying that Carlos Jr. had uh, hasn't had mishaps, but Spicy. I mean, we've seen this guy get choked out by Sam Alvey. You know what I'm saying? Um, take a knee against uh, Elderte Sanchez. You know, I just think the longer this fight goes, the more grueling it gets. Carlos Jr. is just gonna break him. I think we'll pick him apart on the feet with ease, to be honest. And I think although he does have some good jiu-jitsu, once this fight, if this fight gets in the second and third rounds, I just see the wrestling being too much. And I see him getting tired and I see him folding. And I see Carlos Jr. breaking him and being a dominant fight. You know, Carlos Jr. is a guy that went from being on my fade list to not being on my fade list. And for, in order for a fighter to do that, they got to really impress me and make improvements. And I'll tell you what, the improvements he made from that loss to Dan Kelly to that fight with Marvin Vittori, that showed me that, you know, he's been putting in work. He put his head down and grinded, and he's really serious about it now, man. And I think a lot of people forget that when he fought Dan Kelly, you know, he's only 23 years old. He's just a kid, you know what I mean? And not only that, he did dominate the first two rounds, but, you know, he, he had to take that L. He had to learn his lesson. And since that point, he had the chance to prove himself, you know, is his car, you know, has his cardio gotten better in those later rounds? And I think he answered those questions in his last two fights, especially the Marvin Vittori fight. I mean, Marvin Vittori, he's a Kings MMA southpaw. I mean, he's a very solid fighter. You know, look out for this kid. And he almost finished Antonio Carlos Jr. in the second round. And my question was always, can Antonio Carlos Jr. overcome adversity? Because I always thought he couldn't. In that fight, he overcame adversity. He comes out in the third round, and, you know, listen, he could have looked for the door right away, you know, based on how that second round went, but he comes out there in the third round, and he he broke Vittori after Vittori almost finished him, and he took over that fight. I mean, dude, that that's what I need to see right there to, you know, want to put my money on you. And when you talk about Eric Spicely, I mean, look, the jujitsu is on point, no doubt about it, but... You know, if we're fighting Tiago Santos, who is basically a striker, and I, you know, I got to give Eric Spicely credit for getting that win, but Antonio Carlos Jr. is not Tiago Santos. Antonio Carlos Jr. is a guy that tapped out Gary Tonin with a flying triangle. One does not simply tap out Gary Tonin with a flying triangle. That's the kind of caliber of jiu-jitsu we're talking about with Antonio Carlos Jr. And uh, so basically... You know, Eric's been saying in interviews that he wants to go out there and knock out Carlos Jr. Well, you've you seen this guy striking before? Yeah, come on. You, 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 <laughs> like, like, please do that. Like, the way he strikes, man, I mean, he lunges in there. It's all telegraphed. It's slow. It's unathletic. And, uh, man, I, I think, you know, even though Carlos Jr., you know, his original martial art, his original base isn't striking, I think he's going he's gonna to have enough here to outstrike, potentially knock out Eric Spicely, but if it goes to the ground, we don't have to worry about all of Eric Spicely's slick shit because Carlos is going to be able to neutralize that. So, you know what, man? I'm going to do a max bet on uh, Carlos Jr. I got it at a minus 210. It's currently minus 230. You know, as long as it stays under minus 250, I say you take, a, take a look there. Now, Kyle, uh, what are you thinking about this one? I agree, guys. Uh, Carlos Jr. all day. I'm not a Spicely fan. Uh, never have been. But, and I think this line has a little bit of a Dan Kelly effect. Minus 225 is a little bit low. Uh, yeah, I got to have a straight bet on Carlos Jr. And I'm parlaying him later with somebody in the card. Uh, from a DraftKings angle, I like Carlos Jr. in cash or GPP games. Uh, Spicely would only be a... GPP kind of pump for me, 
But yeah, I'm, I'm in with you guys all day, Carlos Jr., probably by finish. You know what's the most worrisome part about this is whenever I'm really confident about a bet, I'm always thinking to myself, am I underestimating this guy? But at the end of the day, it's really going to be like, you know, I don't want to call it a fluke, but, you know, for Eric Spicely to do what he's best at, which is, you know, his submission game, he's got to get lucky here, man. Straight I mean, up. He's fighting a jiu-jitsu world champion, so, I mean, let's see. Let's see. Like, look, when he when he, when he he uh, subbed DiCherchio, uh, DiCherchio actually beat him in that wrestling exchange. It was just that he fell right into the triangle. Carlos Jr. is way too experienced to fall into something like that. Plus... You know, if we're questioning Carlos Carlos Jr.'s cardio, like, you know, which has failed him in the past, I mean, this guy's got the second and the fourth latest submission in, like, heavyweight history. I mean, um, middleweight history. So, I mean, I don't see the cardio being an issue anymore, at least for now. I mean, the last two fights proved to me that he knew what he did wrong in that Dan Kelly fight. He learned from it, and he came back better. Now, with Eric Spicely, once again, these fights haven't been going past the first round, man. And the time we did see him go past the first round on the Ultimate Fighter, I mean, you know, there's a reason that Dana White, was, you know, wasn't loving Eric Spicely out there. I'll tell you that. Dana wanted to get him out of there. That's why they gave him the Alvi, and that's why they gave him the Tiago Santos after that. Tiago chose not to train at ATT for that fight, and he paid the price. And but we're but Carlos Jr. is at ATT. Make no mistake about it. Man, you know, Musasi must have beat up uh, Tiago Santos so bad that Tiago got a hammer on his chest. You know what I'm <laughs> saying, man? But, dude, this fight right here between Marlon Moraes, he's minus 170, and Rafael Asuncao is plus 150. Now, I mean, as a gambling man, when I first saw the line, you know, when it was initially Rafael Asuncao plus 170, you know, I'm thinking to myself, a guy making his UFC debut is, you know, a minus two-something favorite against... You know, the perennial top five guy, Rafael Asuncao. I mean, with Rafael, we're talking about a guy that has wins over TJ Dillashaw, Pedro Munoz, Brian Caraway, Johnny Eduardo. I can go on, man. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Marlon Moraes, he's no slouch either. But, you know, before I watched the tape, I just thought, man, this is really disrespectful towards Rafael Asuncao considering who he is, what he's accomplished. And, you know, no one has an easy out. With Rafael Asuncao, even that T.J. Dillashaw win that happened at UFC 200, I mean that that was a that was a good fight. It was a good back and forth fight, just like their first one, man. But you know, in this spot, man, once I went there and and I watched the tape on Marlon Moraes, I, I gotta tell you what, man, this kid's impressive, man. He's dynamic. The way he sets up his kicks, they come out of nowhere, and I understand. If you look at both their records, you know, one guy's been fighting the highest caliber guys in the UFC, and the other guy has been, you know, let's face it, he, he, he's been fighting scrubs in the World Series of Fighting, aside from Shaman Moraes, because uh, Shaman's no slouch, so look out for that kid. But aside from that, you know, I mean, I remember when Marlon Moraes went to a split decision with Miguel Torres. That was the first time I was exposed to him, but ever since then, he's been evolving so much. And he's got that mentality of a champion. He knows what it's like to go five rounds. He knows what it's like to have the pressure of defending a belt. And I think, you know, due to the mentality like that, you know, such as David Branch, they can come into the UFC and beat a top five guy right off the bat. So, honestly, man, you know, yeah, obviously I want to favor the ATL boy, Rafael. But, I mean, dude, look, we're making picks here. And, obviously, I'm scared to take a minus 170. You know, I don't like playing lines like that. And that UFC debut against Rafael, which, you know, remember when Pedro Munoz made his UFC debut against Rafael? You know, it's... Remember when Johnny Eduardo made his UFC debut against Rafael? You know what I'm saying? Rafael, I mean, he's literally the best gatekeeper, you know, in that division, man. But I think that Marlon's got something for him. I think that Marlon's faster in the exchanges. Even though Rafael is such a technical, technical guy, he's very hard to look good against. Marlon Moraes is something special, man, and I actually think that he's going to come in here in his UFC debut and get this upset via decision. Yeah, um, I mean, you pretty much, you know, said a lot of good things. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Rafael in this fight. You know, we did watch Marlon, and, you know, Marlon, I mean, he can kick, he can kick hard, you know, but I actually think Rafael's faster in the exchanges with the hit, especially when they're throwing hands. Um, you know, I think Marlon could be a little bit too rigid and, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like, slow, you know, in the exchanges a little bit. I mean, we've seen him get dropped by Josh Hill. Um, 
who's not a UFC level fighter. Um, but it, he's got that championship mindset. You know what I'm saying? But my thing with Rafael, why I won't bet it is, you know, at times I question if he really wants this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's always injured. His inactivity is not good. He barely fights. You know what I'm saying? He could be injured right now. If as a betting man, you always have to have that in the back of your mind. The guy's always hurt. Um, but I think Rafael is going to want a close decision. You know, I was disappointed with the Aljamain Sterling fight, but granted, Sterling does not want to fight, you know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> so um, I think Marlon's going to present some uh, openings. You know, uh, Rafael could land some slick counters, some sharp counters, and I think he'll win a 29-28 decision. Yeah, and one more thing I want to say about Marlon. And, you know, obviously, if Rafael wins, that's exactly how he's going to win. I mean, that's how he wins all his fights. It's very hard to look good against Rafael. But, you know, Marlon's a guy that's been training with Frankie Edgar and Edson Barboza for years. And he's got Mark Henry as his striking coach. So he's going to be well prepared for this one. I'll tell you that much. Kyle, what's your what's your perspective on this pivotal bantamweight matchup? Uh, I'm excited for this fight. Big time. I've been waiting for this kid to come to the UFC for a long time now. Um, but I did not think they would give him a test like a Sun Sal for his first fight in the UFC. So I'm kind of torn. Uh, if I'm just picking a winner, I'm picking Marlon as well. But like Shackman, I mean, the 150, that's kind of hard to pass on with a debut versus a seasoned vet who's fought some great competition. So I'm kind of torn on this. There's no bet for me yet. Uh, Pick-wise, I'm definitely going Marlon for now. Uh, we'll see how the line moves. Uh, DraftKings, I like both guys, though. I mean, if you think Marlon can finish, then you got to pick him. But if you think is going to win, period, then you have to pick him just for the value. So I'm torn on this one. I'll have a little bit of both guys in GPPs. Um, but if, uh, if the line was even, I'm taking Marlon. Man, pre-tape, I was thinking the same thing, but... You know, it's yeah, tough on this one. Marlon's no slouch, dude. Kick. And he wants it. He really it's wants like, this shit. And does Rafael want it? Uh, I, We're going to find out, man. Know. Now, kicking off the pay-per-view. Now, a lot of people have been complaining about this pay-per-view, man, saying that it's not worth uh, the 50, 60 bucks. I disagree, man. I mean, look, you know, it might not be top whatever fighters, but look, Eric Silva versus Yancy Medeiros, you know for a fact. I mean, do we watch this this sport for... I mean, don't we want to see exciting fights, man? Don't we want to see dudes knock each other out? Well, I'll tell you what. Yancey Medeiros, he's minus 140. Some money has come in there. And he's taking on Eric Silva, who's plus 120. What do you think? Man, uh, it's a tough fight. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, Yancey in this one just because I think, uh, you know, although Eric did look like he for once he didn't break you know his last fight for once he did not break he actually got dropped twice and he actually kept composure and he actually looked like a veteran out there and finishing Chagas you know what I'm saying but um I'm gonna go with Yancey just by the chin the chin the chin factor Yancey's got a chin and I know Yancey won't quit I mean we saw that Trinado fight you had to kill that dude you know to put him out not even Dustin could put him out you know what I'm saying and um but I know Eric. If you if you put it, if you I think Chagas was just a little bit too over eager, too inexperienced, too young. Yancey's got experience, and I think at some point he will wobble Eric, and either finish him off with a choke or with strikes. But I think it's going to be a war in the process. Yancey's going to get clipped, and Yancey's going to get wobbled as well. And um, but I got Yancey by second round finish. I mean, how many times do we got to learn our lessons with Eric Silva? You know what I mean? When he's fighting. You know, I, I I was gonna say when he's fighting bums, he finishes them in the first round. But Luan Chagas is no slouch at all, so he showed that veteran experience that you were talking about. And not to mention that fucking back take, dude. I mean, look, he's got flashes of brilliance, and he's always shown that throughout his career. I mean, he his jujitsu game, you know, and not only that, he's knocked dudes out as well. But it's just he has these lapses in the middle of fights, and he tends to not win the big fight. But not saying that this is uh, the big fight or anything, but I do think that Yancey is a similar fighter as him in the sense that, you know, they both beat the, the same kind of guys and they lose to the same kind of guys. They're very exciting. It's either kill or be killed. But like you said, man, Yancey is the tougher guy. He's got the better chin, even though he eats a lot of flush punches. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, but, you know... I, 
I think since he moved up to 170 pounds, I mean, you saw that fight with Sean Spencer, man. I mean, it looked like he looked—he just looked better in terms of his frame, in terms of in terms of his movement, the energy levels, his ability to take a to take a strike, and he was efficient with his energy. If he weathers that first round storm, we know the deal here. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Yancey, and you know, since some money came in, you know, it, that minus one fifty ain't as good as that minus one ten. So you know, hopefully someone bets Eric Silva, and then maybe I'll take a look at uh, putting something on Yancey. What do you think, Kyle? I think I'm gonna disagree with you guys on this one. Um, I always like Brazilians in Brazil, so if you're gonna give me a dog like Eric Silva. At plus 120, that's definitely tempting to me. I think it's going to be a dog fight, though. It's going to be fight of the night contender. Um, so, I mean, you really don't know what you're going to get from Silva these days, so it's really hard to go in with your money on him. But, like I said, I, I love especially Brazilian dogs in Brazil. So I'm definitely leaning towards the Eric Silva. I like him in DraftKings. I like Medeiros in DraftKings as well, though. So I think if you guys were going to be playing – you guys should be on Yancey, and if people like Silva, they should be on Silva. It's, they're pretty pretty evenly priced on there as well. Uh, either one could get finished. Uh, man, I'm just excited for this fight. I might stay off on a betting angle, but I'm looking forward to it. Paulo Boracina. He's minus 275, and the comeback on Oluwali Bang Boshe is plus 235. Nah, take it away, man. Yeah, you know, um, Oluwali... De- decent stand-up. I mean, he's got power. He can fucking crack, you know what I'm saying? But uh, Boricina can also crack, and he's got the jiu-jitsu angle. I mean, all his wins are by knockout besides one, but make no mistake about it, he has jiu-jitsu. He just doesn't... He chooses not to show it. You know? Let's look at that. Let's look at Alawali. I mean, he goes in there in his UFC debut against Uriah, takes a couple ground-and-pound shots, and finds his way out. Second fight, he fights... Uh, uh, on his way out, Serafian does some little wushu stuff and catches him with a head kick and puts him out. His third fight against Cesar, he drops him in the first round. And when he didn't get the finish, what happened? He had nothing to show for it. He's huffing and puffing with his hands down, gets taken down, can't get up. I mean, I don't. I think when he gets tired, he has nothing to offer. As a betting man, I like Paolo just because I feel like if we can get through some exchanges... For about two or three minutes, not get cracked. I mean, Alawali, if they do exchange and they go out there and exchange, Paolo is definitely vulnerable. He he will get clipped at some point. It's just a matter if he goes down. But if he can get through those two three minutes, I think Alawali is going to be absolutely gassed, and he has nothing to offer when he's tired. We'll take him down and choke him out, plain and simple. Alawali has not proven that he can get back up. I mean, all he's shown is that he threw a left high kick and, you know, knocked out Serafi. And not saying that he can't crack. I've seen some of his uh, local fights. He's got hands as well. But I just think that this kid, this kid, Bertrina, has a clear path to victory. Get through two, three minutes of this fight or in the second round, take him down, and you have it. Yeah, pretty much. What are you thinking, Kyle? I couldn't agree more. I think Aluwale has that puncher's chance. Uh, he's definitely violent. Uh, but I think if you're going to bet him, you should go with that. First round plus five hundred. I, I could see if that's how he wins. That's how I see it being in the first round, just with a punch. Other than that, Boricina has his way with him. If he wants to take him down, I think he could do that. Beat him on the ground, or I think he can knock him out and just tease him on the feet and do whatever he wants. Uh, so I'm going to go with Boricina on this one uh, as well, for sure. The thing that's interesting about this fight is that you got one guy in Boricina who's never been past the first round, and then you got another guy in Oluwale Bangboshe, who has been past the first round, but he lost when he went past the first round. So, you know, I, I think I kind of learned a lesson last week on the Razak Al-Hassan fight in the sense that, you know, I put too much stock into, you know, I basically banked on him getting a knockout instead of, you know, looking at the cold-hearted reality that, you know, he hasn't been past the first round. And let, let's say that he ended up winning that fight and then he went on and t- took on another one. You know, but let's say he won this last one against Omari by first round knockout, right? You know, what happened here was bound to happen anyways. You know, he had to get that experience lesson. So with with these guys, there's eventually going to be a time when Boracina, you know, has to go past that first round, and you know, has to. We have to find out what he's all about. It's just 
this isn't going to be that time, you know? They're going to stand and bang until one guy falls, but based on what I've seen, you know, they're both sluggers, they both got power, but Paulo Boracina has the better technique, and I think that's going to be the difference here. So, you know, when, when you got two sluggers, but one guy times the shots better and, it, you know, sets it up better... And he's also physically bigger, and you know he's got the hometown crowd. Not that I always favor that, but in a situation like this where we have seen Oluwali quit, and we know that any potential factors against him, you know, you got to look at that. So when you've seen a guy quit before, and now he's fighting in Brazil, people are going to be chanting, "You're going to die, Uva Moher." I got to go with Paula Boracina here, so yeah, I'm going to complete the hat trick, boys. Now next up, and some money has came in on a. Uh, the old lion young dinosaur. We got Vitor Belfort. Vitor Belfort, as we like to say in Brazil. He's minus 160, and he's taking on Nate Marcourt, who's plus 140. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because Vitor Belfort is kind of a bully. You know what I mean? There's a different, you know, vibe to each fight that he goes into. If he's going in, you know, and I'm talking about post-TRT Vitor, right? If he's going in to fight like, Chris, you know, Chris Weidman or Jacare or Gegard Mousasi, you know, he, he kind of knows that he can't bully these guys, and he kind of knows that, you know, there's going to come that point where I'm going to have to check out. But when Vitor knows that he can beat you, he's a completely different guy. Like, he's, he's, he's got that bully mentality. And how many times have we seen Nate Marcourt fold up? Now, don't get me wrong. Nate Marcourt's got an incredible highlight reel as well, you know? The Wilson Govea fight, the Tyron Woodley Damian fight, Maya. the Damian Maya fight. You know, Nate Marcourt, he's put in, he's paid his dues as well, you know what I'm saying, man? He's no slouch. Even the fucking James Tahuna fight, man. Didn't he, did, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but did he beat Dean, Dean Lister Dean by submission? In the uh, in the UFC, UFC uh, like way back. yeah, yeah, bro. Until, you know what I'm saying? So he's got he's got some uh, he's got some uh, chips, uh, you know, under the mantle. You know what I mean? Old Campman. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that was here in Atlanta. But uh, in this spot, man, you know, even though not only is Vitor declining, but it, the way his body is looking, every single fight progressively the worst. You know, you look at that fight between him and Kelvin and. It looked like he was melting out there, you know, in terms of his physique. But I'll tell you one thing about that fight. Those shots that he threw against Kelvin would make Nate take a knee. Straight up. I think those are going to be the shots that put Nate down. And, you know, the guys that have been beating Vitor lately, not only are they way higher caliber than, than Chris Weidman, but they've been taking down Vitor Belfort and pounding him out, man. And I don't think Nate Marquardt's really that kind of guy. I think Nate Marquardt's going to come out here, try to stand, and I think Vitor's going to get the better of the exchanges and knock out Nate Marquardt. So I think Vitor's going to go out on a win and retire and hopefully, you know, you know, retire in the UFC and then hopefully go to Ryzen and be able to, you know, take that Brazilian help and, you know, have some nice showcase fights. Yeah. Um, should be an entertaining fight, man. Someone's definitely going to hit the deck. Um like you said, man, Nate's got a highlight reel. Vitor's got a highlight reel. Both legends in my eyes, you know, in the sport. Um, but like you said, man, I think Vitor's just going to have that hometown crowd behind him. Catch Nate with the straight left or anything. But don't count Nate out this fight, man. Nate could catch him and put him out too, man. I mean, look how many dudes Nate's caught in his career. But I'm just going with Vitor. But, um, and look how many dudes have caught Vitor. Exactly. So, but... Uh, yeah, and uh, Kyle, what do you think, man? <laughs> man, I think we might be talking about this fight longer than the fight actually takes place. Uh, man, either one of these guys could drop with one punch. I'm not exactly sure. I was talking to my boy Chris Lido earlier today, and we both started the day on Nate Marquardt. And I think uh, we both ended up switching our picks by the end of the day to Vitor. Uh, I mean, it's in Brazil. That's probably the main reason. It's in Brazil. They're just trying to give Vitor a win on his way out. Uh, both guys are so shot, and they both look terrible lately. So it's really, I mean, do you want to favor Vitor's hands, or do you think Marquardt can take it to the ground? I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but I, I guess I'm going to favor Vitor in this one. 
definitely a fight to target either way in DraftKings because I don't see this one going the distance. So whoever wins is definitely going to score enough points to win you a GPP. They're, got, they're kind of going to have to be on your team. Whether you like picking this fight or not, I kind of think it has to be in your lineup. So whoever you like, throw them in your team. I'm going to go ahead and pick Vitor in this one, though. The co-main event of the evening, Claudia Gadelia, minus 340. The comeback on Karolina Kovacevic is plus 280. What do you think? Um, you know, as a betting man, I got the uh, fight starts round three prop at like minus 397 as a just a little leg to add value. Um, as far as the fight goes, you know, Karolina is a slow starter. She pretty much loses that first round in most of her fights, I think. Um, you know, she keeps her left hand down, gets tagged with the right hands in that first round. But when she settles in, she completely takes over and starts just out-voluming out you to a point where, I mean, when you butcher a man's body to the point where he just can't keep going, I mean, her cardio is just, you know, out of this world. And that's the main weakness of Claudia Gadelia. I mean, Claudia comes out hard the first round, so I, I fully expect Claudia to not dominate the first round, but win the first round. But I think... Those next two rounds, I think she's going to struggle for takedowns, gas herself out. I know she moved to uh, Albuquerque. You know, she's training in elevation of somewhat. And, you know, her cardio should be a little better. But that flight to Brazil now, I think that's she's a big muscle chick. And I just think Claudia's, I mean, uh, Carolina's going to outwork her in the next two rounds. And, uh, I mean, if that line gets back up to plus three, I mean, if I win my bets, I mean, I'm going to be tempted to play that Carolina line. But, uh, yeah, I like that fight starts round three prop. and um, But, yeah, I'm going with uh, Kovacavic. Man, I just wish it was a five-round fight because then I'd, you know, yeah, exactly. I'd go big on Kovacavic. Kyle, man, you know, what's the what's the DK perspective for this one? Um, Man, this is, this is I think it's a Godella just because of the takedowns. You, you always want takedowns on DraftKings. So she could land five to ten takedowns on this fight. Who knows? And that just racks up points. So so I definitely like her. However, she's a huge favorite on DraftKings as well as the betting line. So I, if, you're, if you're leaning towards KK, you also have to go her way because if she wins, she's going to put up so many significant strikes that she's going to win you a GPP if she puts up the W. However, is she going to be able to stay on her feet long enough? That's the question. Um, I'm still torn on this fight, man. The odds, they make me want to pick KK, but then it's in Brazil, and can she stop the takedowns for three rounds? I, I mean, maybe she could stop them in the third round, but by then it's a little bit too late. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, take Gadela, Gadela, whatever in this fight. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it, actually, for a, for a woman's fight. I'm really looking forward to this one. I mean, I want to bet Carolina. It's just that if she loses, I know exactly how she's going to lose. She's going to get the better of the striking exchanges, and then she's going to give up the takedown to that blast double at the you know the worst possible times and lose the rounds. And you know, you know that's the worst way to lose a bet, man. So you know, I, I kind of don't want to go through that. But at the same time, Claudia Gadelia does gas out every single fight. She does have the roughest weight cuts. And if you want to be honest here, I mean, like, what, her best win is uh, Courtney Casey and Jessica Aguilar? In the UFC, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, at least, uh, you know, Carolina went out there and destroyed Rose. Marcos, Rose. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, you know, it was a split decision, but it wasn't really a split decision because the way she was landing those knees in the clinch, the way she broke Rose Namajunas and then almost finished her in the third round, I mean, Carolina's no slouch at all, and Carolina's coming in prepared. I don't know if you watched that video on the Embedded, but, man, that hand speed, that determination, you can see that look in her eyes, man. And, uh, you know, and Claudia Gadelia, you know, she's been training at Novo Niao for years, and, you know, maybe she did the right thing by moving to Albuquerque, but, you know, some people say that, you know, you should stay loyal to the people that brought you up, but, you know, I mean, that's worked for a lot of world champions, but then for other people, they do need to move to a different camp and get that specialized attention, so we're going to see if that works out for her, you know, so basically the only thing that's holding me back is these fucking takedowns, man, you know, are we going to be able to deal with this, are, gonna be, are we going to, you know, you know, is she, is she going to kill the clock on top of us? That, that, that That's all I need to know, man, because if not, 
I, I think we take this. I mean, at plus three, I'm willing to find out. Yeah, so if it gets back to plus three, you know, maybe we'll take a look. But as of now, I, I am passing, but I will pick Carolina to get it done. The main event of the evening, Jose Aldo, he's minus 150. The comeback on Max Holloway is plus 130. Shaq, I mean, this is the most most anticipated featherweight fight in a very long time. Max Holloway's on a 10-fight win streak. He's got more UFC wins than Jose Aldo. And uh, now he's taking on the great, the legend, Jose Aldo. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm a fan of, I mean, Jose's the greatest featherweight of all time. I mean... I remember watching that dude in the WEC kill Cub Swanson with knees, Rolando Perez with knees, Faber like kicking his leg off, you know, and uh, came to the UFC and did the same thing, you know. Um, he had a little mishap against Connor. Shit happens. Everyone has to hit the deck at some point, and um, he comes back and looks pretty good against Frankie. Um, I mean, he is the greatest featherweight of all time, but the run that Max Holloway has been on has been, I mean, pretty. Incredible. A 10-fight win streak. I mean, I remember when he fought Cub Swanson. I thought Cub, at the time, was going to put him down just because, you know, Cub Swanson was on that nice little streak. You know, he was coming off the Edgar loss, but, I mean, it was Cub Swanson. We saw all that little crazy, flashy stuff he would do in the cage, and I think Max didn't have a chance. But then when that fight happened, Max put on a clinic. I mean, that distance control, the switching of the stances. I mean, Cub can never, Cub never had a chance in that fight. And it just carried on. I mean, the way he beat Jeremy. He fought Jeremy exactly how you specify Jeremy. Then he goes in there and, I mean, puts on a clinic versus uh, Ricardo Lamas. Makes Charles quit to a body shot like, you know, how he should. And I just think um, one thing I've been seeing with Aldo is, I mean, I mean, he's still the same guy. You know, he he's, he's so good at stealing rounds, you know, um, or just, you know, controlling rounds, staying ahead in rounds and winning those... 49 46 decisions and uh one thing i've been noticing is that like especially in the edgar fight even in the uh chad mendez fight you know if you if you put multiple punches together and make a move back you can catch him on the end of those combinations like that second and third punch i mean if you watch the edgar punch i mean the edgar edgar fight watch it and you'll see what i'm talking about i mean every time he moves back edgar would catch him with that second and third punch Granted, Frankie doesn't have much power, so it doesn't do shit to him. But with a guy like Max who's switching and doing all these, you know, not traditional uh, techniques, I think it's going to throw him off. And I think, of course, Aldo, I think Aldo will win the first round, maybe the first two. But as the fight goes on, I just think the straightness of the punches is going to catch Aldo at some point. And I think Max is going to put on a show those, those third, fourth, and fifth rounds and become the new champ. Kyle Marley... Let me ask you something from a DK perspective, though, man. Is this the situation where I put both Max Holloway and Jose Aldo in my DK King? My DK lineup? Uh, yeah, man, I would say you definitely should do that, especially in cash games. Uh, where you're, where you're, by cash games, I mean it's either a head-to-head or a 50-50, a double-up, or a three-man, something where you have a decently good chance of winning. Uh, and basically in those games, you just want to, playing on the other person, making enough mistakes to lose. So I love having both main event fighters, especially in a fight that could go five rounds in a war like this one, because uh, you're just going to rack up all those points for five rounds, and you're guaranteeing yourself the winner. So I absolutely love having both these guys in a cash game, and I can pretty much tell you right now that I'm probably going to. Um, GPPs, I'm not sure, man. You might be able to win a GPP with both these guys in your lineup, too. If they can combine score more than 160 points, I think you're sitting pretty with that. So I'm not exactly sure about GPPs. That could be a real sneaky, contrarian way of winning one. Um, however, my way of going about this in DraftKings is whatever lineup I make with Jose Aldo, I'm going to make that same exact lineup with Holloway. So I'm going to throw one lineup away, but I know I'm going to have the winner in another, so hopefully my other five spots can hit. So that's how I'm looking at it from a DraftKings perspective, but from just picking this fight, man, this is I can't wait. This is such a great fight. Um, but I'm going to go with Haldo. I'm going to go with the Brazilian in Brazil. I can't stress that enough. I love picking Brazilians in Brazil, uh, and we're talking about one of the best, if not the best Brazilian of all time. Um the line has shifted on him a little bit, so I don't know if I'm going to lay minus 150 on him. But 
if I'm picking winners, if we have a straight line on this one, I'm going to go with Jose Aldo. I think he's just too quick. I think he's going to bring the leg kicks back in this fight. I don't know why, but he was not using those in his last fight with Frankie Edgar in the first three rounds. But I don't know if that's just something that he's trying out or what. But he, I think he's got to bring that back, and those leg kicks can really help him win this fight. So I'm really looking forward to it. Holloway could win. I would not be surprised. But I, I could also see a really, really close decision, maybe some hometown cooking in this one. Overall, I'm going to take Aldo. I would not be shocked, though, if Holloway wins. I do think we will see a rematch in the future, though. And uh, the way I see it, Aldo on this one, Holloway in the next one, probably in Vegas or something. Man, you know, I, I honestly think the whole, you know, bad judging in Brazil thing is a myth, man, because the worst ever decision to come out of Brazil was Phil Davis versus Leota Machida, and the American won. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if Max wins fair and square... I think they'll give it to him, you know, in terms of going to the judges' scorecards. But if it's, you know, a close decision that could go either way, then, you know, okay, yeah, probably Jose will get it. But if it's clear, I, I don't think there's going to be any bullshit there, man. So, you know, but... Yeah, I don't see it being a clear one. I, I would think it's... I mean, I really think this is kind of almost a 50-50 fight. So it could be legit. You don't even know who wins. You're not going to be mad either way. But those judges want to get out of their lives, so they're going to go ahead and take Aldo kind of thing. Uh, I, I think it's that close of a fight. But, I mean, if you're a judge and you're in Brazil with people screaming at the fighters that they're going to die, who are you going to pick in a close decision? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, I feel you. I mean, Max is a gamer, though. But here's the thing, man. Let's talk about Jose. I mean, obviously, like you said, man, best featherweight of all time. And, you know, when you go back and you rewatch these fights, I mean, the kind of athlete this guy is, and not only that, the kind of fighter he is, man. I mean, he's perfect with his technique, and he's so much more explosive than everyone. You know, the first two rounds of every fight, I mean, he's the best pound-for-pound pound fighter for for those first two rounds, man. No one can hang with him in those first two rounds. But after those first two rounds, you know, he does start to fade historically. That's always been the knock on him, man. You know, with guys like Ricardo Lamas and, you know, Mark Hominick, they can only capitalize in the fifth round. I, I don't think he's going to get Max Holloway out of there because, you know, with, with Hominick, I mean, the dude had a fucking thing coming out of He had another head coming out of his head. And he was still in there in that fifth round. Ricardo Lamas took an ass whooping and was still in there in the fifth round. I mean, Frankie Edgar got his ass whooped for uh, 50 minutes and was still in there, you know, in the fifth round. So I, I, I feel like uh, Max Holloway is going to be able to, I'm not going to say weather the storm, but I'm going to say that I think he's going to be able to hang in there in those first two rounds. And I truly believe he's going to lose the first two rounds. When they're both fresh, man. Aldo's the better fighter, man. He's faster, he's more explosive, and his techniques, I mean, the leg kicks, the that left hook to the liver followed by that right roundhouse, man. And when he did that to Ricardo Lamas and, I mean, obviously Faber back in the day, it's just, it's unbelievable. But you know what's so funny is how he beat Frankie Edgar and that entire fight he fought in second gear. Like, he coasted, yeah, he coasted but, but when it was time to strike, it was devastating, man. And, like, the first round, the way he won, he didn't throw shit for the first four minutes, and then he just threw one straight and took, one knee, <laughs> <he took the round. laughs> and he took the round clearly. And it was like, damn. And you know we love the experts at winning the close decisions, but, you know, this kid Max is, is something special, man. And, you know, let's talk about a couple things with him. You know, firstly, that fight with Ricardo Lamas, he fought the entire fight southpaw. You know what I'm saying? He has that ability. And his fight with Pettis, he fought the entire fight orthodox. I mean, he did a little bit of stance switching, which he is known for. But it shows the kind of diversity in his striking. And, you know, he's a, he's a thinker out there. You know what I mean? You know, at first he kind of does have that tall man's defense. But once he starts to, you know, pick up on, pick up on your timing, he starts to really pick dudes apart. And, you know, he finishes dudes that don't often get finished. You know, no one's ever finished Anthony Showtime Pettis. And, you know, you could blame it on the weight cut. You can blame it on this or that. But, I mean, Showtime didn't look bad those first two rounds, man. I mean, he looked better there, than, in my opinion, than he did uh, in his win against Charles Oliveira, man. I mean, he came to fight. I mean, you know, even though Pettis had a bad weight cut or he broke his hand or, you know, you can blame it on this or that. Pettis is still a guy that's been doing martial arts his whole life. Pettis is still the guy that jumped off the cage and, you know, kicked Benson Henderson's head off. I mean, 
to you know to finish Anthony Pettis is a big fucking deal. But look, we're taking a step up in Jose Aldo. But great champions, they rise to the occasion, man. And I think that, uh, or at least I'm hoping because I got money on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that Max is going to be able to do that. And the way I think he's going to be able to deal with the leg kicks is, you know, a couple ways. Firstly, the switching stances checking leg kicks i mean we're not talking about a short wrestler anymore which is what uh you know that's what that's what jose's been fighting his entire career you know except the one time he fought a long striker and let's not talk about that time (laughs) you know but you know i kind of wish the aldo versus mcgregor fight went a minute and 13 seconds instead of 13 seconds because then people wouldn't call it a fluke even though i don't consider it a fluke at all but uh, another thing is, man, Aldo's been straying away from the leg kicks. I mean, even the Chad Mendes fight, he kind of he didn't throw that many. Didn't the Connor fight, of course, and then the Edgar fight. I mean, his leg kick frequency is dropping like off the off the chart. So I'm really not worried about the leg kicks, to be honest. Well, hey, hey, do you guys think uh, that broken leg of Silva has anything to do with that? Uh, I don't know, man. I think that, you know, he'd been doing the the leg kicks for years, and, you know, maybe he just had to evolve and, and try new things. Because I'll tell you what, man, uh, uh, his his hands and the way that he moves his head and he pivots, you know, he cuts angles. And, dude, I mean, some of those movements, but they're so explosive. I mean, he has the best takedown defense in the history of our sport. You know, I don't know if that's true in terms of percentage, but in terms of technique, I've never seen anything like it. Like, you watch that second fight against uh, Chad Mendes, and Chad takes him down, and the way that Aldo would move his hips was unlike anything I've ever seen before in my life. And so, back to what we were saying, man. You know, when this fight starts off and they're both fresh, you know, I do think that Max is going to be getting tagged a bit, but we, we know Max has an amazing chin. I mean, you saw that fight with Conor McGregor, and one doesn't simply take that left-hand shot. I know people like to make excuses of, oh, Conor was injured, Conor, you know, he wrestled, but don't forget, he was injured and he wrestled in the second half of the second round. They still stood up for a good half of the fight, and you, know, you saw what happened there. I mean, and also, let's talk about that third round. People don't like to talk about how uh, Max landed a nice head kick on uh, on Conor there, and, uh, you know. You know, he kind of he kind of buckled him or dropped him, and just just watch it. It's in that third round, you know. But uh, bottom line, that that's in the past. He was a kid back then, man. He he took that fight on short notice, you know. Now he's on a ten fight win streak, and you know all great title runs come to an end. But in terms of the stylistic matchup, I do think Jose Aldo is going to win these first two rounds, and he historically gasses. But these other guys haven't been able to capitalize. I think that Max Holloway is the guy. That's going to capitalize. The way he steps through with his punches is the way he covers distance. And it's so interesting because, you know, he's got a 68-inch, uh, you know, reach, but but he fights tall. You know what I'm saying? It's so interesting. And it's because of his stance switching. It's because of the way that he uh, his, he covers ground. And, you know, when you start blocking high, he won't just throw one body, body shot. He'll throw two body shots. And, you know, then he'll follow up with a, with a spinning back kick. He's unbelievable, man, but uh, he's fighting the greatest featherweight of all time, and whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but I think that uh, Max Holloway is going to be coming out the new champion, so I put five units of it, five units on it at plus 115, and may the best man win. You know, I totally understand the argument for picking Aldo, because, look, man, he's going to be faster than, than Holloway, he's going to be more explosive, and he's going he's gonna to be able to catch him with counters coming in and, and stuff like that, maybe get off on the leg kicks if if he can capitalize on, uh, you know, max max switching stances at a certain time or not checking the kicks. But at the end of the day, man, I think Max is going to overwhelm him with volume in the last three rounds and take it over, man. Uh, maybe a late finish, but most likely a 48-47 in Brazil. I know it sounds crazy because it's in Brazil, man, but I, I think he's going to clearly win. I, I don't think it's going to be iffy. I, I, I think he's going to make a statement. So I'm going with Max as the new champ. I like the confidence, man. Although, I mean, man, the one scary thing, especially about a max bet, man, it seems like everybody is on Holloway, especially on Twitter. It seems like everybody is on Holloway. And these big-ass casinos in Vegas were not built on everybody being right. You're right. So even that alone makes me makes me lean towards Aldo a little bit more. That plus the Brazil... Uh, but I mean, I, I, I can't hate on your bet. I, I think I might even have to shy away from bets on this fight because I am scared of betting against Max Holloway, period. 
Um, and as I said, I'm going to play it both ways on DraftKings. But I definitely like how you're taking a big, hard, five-unit stance on the dog there. I Good mean, luck, man. I appreciate that, brother. But, I mean, you're you're so right, bro. You couldn't be more right. You know what I mean? And I, I follow that philosophy that you're saying, that there's no power in numbers in this game. And you do get worried when everyone, you know, agrees with you and – but 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 that's not true because a lot of money came in on Aldo. You know what I'm saying? So you know, in terms of the actual betting public, like let's say I don't check Twitter, let's say I just look at the line movement. You know, Aldo's getting all the love, man. You know, he went from a minus 105 to 150. So you know, true. I'd like to see the ticket numbers on that though. First, I mean, I'm I'm thinking that it's still more tickets on Holloway, but the bigger money is now coming on Aldo. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> the sharp money, the allegedly sharp money we're gonna find out saturday night you know what i'm saying there's only one way to know you know and i've only bet against aldo twice you know because you, you one doesn't simply bet against aldo and, and especially max bet against aldo in brazil you know that, that's max a, bet on max exactly luck, it takes balls son but you know I, I max bet against aldo in the connor fight and then i put two units on frankie against aldo so you know we saw how both those fights went so this is the third time, and hopefully, uh, you know, even though even though I'm one for one, hopefully third time is a charm. So we're going to find out. But let's get down to these prelims, man. We got Luan Chagas. He's minus 255. The comeback on Jim Wallhead is plus 215. Yeah, um, Chagas and Wallhead, you know, when, the fir- when it uh, first got announced, I thought Chagas was going to smoke him. And, you know, Wallhead, his debut, it didn't go so good. I mean... He pretty much stared at Ayari for two rounds and got counter-striked. But um, Chagas, you know, as a betting man, I kind of had to shy away from it because, I mean, I think he should go out there and handle Wallhead, but he just loves a war. He loves to brawl. He loves to expose himself in exchanges with his hands down. And, you know, although Wallhead is past his prime, in my opinion, you know, he's had so many fights in the U.K., but, I mean, he's he's capable of some pretty impressive things. I mean... On the local scene, I mean, I've seen him KO dudes, you know, stiff, and he actually is a good fighter. It's just I think he's past his prime. You know, I'm going to go with Chagas, but I am going to pass away from a bet just because Chagas' fighting style, but the pick is Chagas. Dude, I was so close to betting on Chagas here. I am picking him, you know. I've been impressed with him in his UFC run. You know, he went from fighting jobbers on the regional scene to all of a sudden they they give him Serginho Marais on short notice and you know you know we thought he was going to lose that and come back and I'll tell you what man he goes out there he drops him with a head kick he drops him with a hook in the first round and at one point I'll tell you the balls on this kid he tried to take Serginho's back (laughs) you know what I'm saying like that's a and he's only 23 years old fighting a guy that you know that tapped out Neil Magny and I got a lot of respect for Chagas, but I also have a lot of respect for Jim Wallen, man. I mean, this is a guy that paid his dues, man. You know what I mean? A while back, they were talking about him as a hot prospect, and, you know, he had a couple of setbacks, but he said, man, I, my dream is to be in the UFC, and now he's in the UFC. You know, the first fight didn't go his way, but the first fight against Ayari, that's not the kind of fighter that he looks good against. You know, he doesn't look good against point fighters. He looks good when someone comes to fight him. Luan Chagas is going to come to fight him, but the only thing here is that Luan's the younger, fresher guy with the better chin, and these two are going to stand and bang. Not saying that Jim Wallhead can't, you know, and Jim's got a judo background, let's not forget that. You know, he took down Danny Hot Chocolate and full mounted him, and then got fucking knocked out. But, uh, you know, aside from that, man, the way his striking looked against against Marais and then obviously that Eric Silva fight, he was dropping Eric Silva all over the place. It was just simply a matter of seasoning. And I think now with his two UFC fights that did go to the third round, uh, I think he's going to come out here prepared. You know, his career's on the line, but also Wallhead's career's on the line. So both these guys, their backs are against the wall. And... Uh, Sometimes when that happens, fighters try to fight safe, but the way that these two match up, they're going to go out on their shield and they'll probably get a third chance in the UFC. Or a fourth chance, rather. You know what I mean? You know, if, Ch- if Chagas loses and, and he puts up a fight, oh yeah, you think it's over for them? Losers going home. Yo, Kyle, what are you thinking, man? Because, I mean, we, we can all agree Chagas and Wallhead are going to slug this one out. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Chagas on this one. 
probably by finish. I mean, I like him on the feet or on the ground, I think. I've, I've been impressed by him in both. I mean, he hadn't got a win yet in the UFC, but I was impressed by both, by the draw and the loss. Uh, and Wallace 37. They're putting him in Brazil basically to end his career and bring up this 23-year-old. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to say, especially in DraftKings, I think, Chugass will be a pretty good pick. Uh, and I'm going to be fading Wallhead. Yuri Alcantara is minus 330. The comeback on Brian Kelleher is plus 270. Now, now, Kyle, I heard you competed with Brian Kelleher before. <laughs> no, I didn't compete with him. Uh, he was just trying to win his entry into the suite with me at UFC 205. I was already in there with the DraftKings qualifiers. So we had already uh, all qualified for a tournament where we were going to compete again at UFC 205. We were on the same suite together. And uh, they ended up changing the last seat into uh, what's it, Helwani show called uh, the MMA Hour. Uh, New York Rick got to pick a video from Twitter where people, I think they hashtag something like Rick's Ticks, something like that. And the winner was going to come and join our suite and watch the fights. And uh, he actually submitted one, and he sang a song about the MMA hour, and he tried to win his way into this via a song. He did not win. And, uh, again, I think he's not going to win this fight either. I think they're putting him in Brazil. I'm going with Alcantara in this. long, long time ago when we were talking about Carlos Jr. fight, I said I had, uh, I was thinking about him in a parlay. This was that second leg of the parlay. Uh, Yuri Alcantara, Carlos Jr., that pays a little bit over even. Uh, or, uh, I think you got to, I don't know what that is, minus 110 or something like that. I like that quite a bit. I'm going to end up doing that. Uh, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of tape on Brian Boom, other than, you know, him singing the song, trying to win his way into the suite. Uh, but I'm a big fan of Alcantara. I think he can beat a lot of people in this division. And I think uh, Brian left for Brazil like last night, something like that, and he got the call less than a month ago. So that's just not a good scenario when you're going over to Brazil fighting a guy like Alcantara, and Alcantara's only a minus 330. Uh, and the last thing is, I think what's Brian? I think he's 16-7. and seven. That's his record on a six-fight yeah. win streak. So he was 10-7 and seven before that against people we don't even know, and now you're going to go over there and face Alcantara. Oh, man, I just don't see that being being good for him. So Alcantara all the way. Uh, DraftKings-wise, I'm going to have zero Brian. I won't say I'm going to go all in on Alcantara, but I like him quite a bit. You know we're huge fans of Alcantara over here, but... Man, that last fight, oh my god, he had to dig deep to get that knee bar on Luke Sanders. And, uh, you know, this kid, Brian Kelleher, the thing we got to be worried about because it is a Yuri Alcantara fight is Yuri ending up on his back. But on the feet, man, I mean, he's going to, you know you know what Yuri does, man. That front kick to that, to that hook, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what he does every fight. And if it's time to fly a knee, it's time to fly a knee. If it's time to spin, it's time to spin. You know, I, I fucking love Yuri, man, but, uh, you know, we just got to be worried if Brian's going to get on top of us for ex- extended periods of time. Now, don't get me wrong, Yuri's pretty fucking good on his back, too. I'm just saying, the times when he has lost in the UFC, you know, that's how he lost. He got grinded, so as long as he doesn't get grinded here, uh, he, he should take this. And, you know, as a pick, I'll pick Yuri, but uh, I'll be uh, passing from a bet. Yeah, you know, betting Yuri isn't a bad idea now that I think about it. But like you said, I mean, he has dropped the ball in the past. I mean, I know you guys remember that Frankie Sainz fight when he was like minus 600 or something like that, and he got grinded for three rounds. But uh, like you said, I mean, he is coming off a devastating ass whooping he just took. Even though he won, I mean, he just took a severe ass whooping from Sanders. But, um, I mean, this dude Kelleher is coming into Brazil for his debut. I think he'll get overwhelmed. I mean, Yuri's put dudes like Ricardo Lamas out stiff, you know what I'm saying, out cold at 155. So I think uh, Yuri's just going to be too much for uh, Kelleher. Matthew Lopez, he's minus 200. The comeback on Johnny Eduardo is plus 170. Now, Johnny Eduardo is a very popular underdog pick on this card for a lot of people. And maybe he'll he'll come through. You know, he'll come through if uh Matthew Lopez decides to test his stand up against uh coach Johnny, you know what I'm saying, man? But uh 
And you saw that last fight with Mitch Gagnon, when Mitch Gagnon put him down hard. But I'll tell you what, you know, Matthew Lopez, he showed he showed his uh, his poise, his composure. He got back up, and he went on to win that fight, man. He's a tough grinder. The kid, the kid comes to fight, man. And his UFC debut, he took it on short notice, and he was getting the better of the scrambling exchanges against a guy like Haniaya, which you know early in the fight. That's very tough to do, but he did gas out. It was his debut, but I'll tell you what, he came back better. Now, with Coach Johnny, you know, if you watch his fight with Eddie Wineland, the way he looked in that fight, you know, that's not quite the guy that we're going to be getting in this fight right here. You know what I'm saying? That's not quite the guy that fought Aljamain Sterling or Manny Gamburian. So, you know, I, I, I am going to favor Matthew Lopez. I think that he knows that, look, man, this shit's in Brazil. I'm fighting the Novo Niel striking coach. You know, there's no reason to, you know, play around. Let's go out and grind this guy. And, hey, if Johnny Eduardo does have that, you know, that signature, that patented no-vowing-out takedown defense, then much respect. You know, you know, I love Coach Johnny. He's my biggest underdog play of all time when he fought Eddie Wineland, man. So I got all the respect in the world. But I think this is a bad matchup. And, you know, I know people thought the line was kind of off or whatever. But I, I do completely understand it, man. I think that the younger, fresher guy is going to go out there and, uh, you know, grind out the the very tough veteran man, and uh, go back on Fight Pass and check out the 1993 or 96 bout between Takanori Gomi and Coach Johnny Eduardo. Yeah, um, I mean this Lopez kid. I mean he can he can wrestle like a. I mean he's a four-time state champion, and I mean some of those takedowns he was hitting against Gagnon, who's a decent wrestler himself. I mean he was hitting lateral drops. Those entries in the third round, I mean, he completely broke him and dominated him, dominated him in them second and third rounds. And, I mean, we've seen, you know, Johnny Eduardo have no answer for takedowns. Like in the Aljamain Sterling fight, when he got on his back, he had no answer for it. Um, and we've seen him lose fights, you know, due to getting a little, you know, grinded here and there. But uh, Lopez, I mean, if he chooses to go out there and strike with him, I think he's a little too loose. I think he'll get caught. I mean, he got caught against Agnon getting square. And I mean, um, but I think he's going to edge his fight out just with the wrestling. I think Johnny will not be able to hang with him in that department. And I think Lopez will grind out a decision. Kyle? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know, man. You guys might have actually changed my mind, especially since you said Johnny is going to be a popular underdog pick. So, I mean, in my mind, I'm looking, I'm, a, I'm more of a DraftKings guy. I've almost switched, not completely over, but I've definitely done a big switch from the gambling side over to DraftKings. And um, it's a whole different game over there, but ownership, like basically popularity, is a big-time thing. So if you think Johnny's going to be a big-time pick and everyone's going to be on him, that makes me want to pick Lopez, who's going to be, I mean, he's going to fly under the radar as the favorite. So if he wins and everyone's picking Eduardo, then I'm jumping the field. And I'm, I already got a good shot right there. So maybe you changed my mind. I do, think, I do think Matthew Lopez is the better fighter. And if it was in America, I'm picking him for sure. Uh, however, you know me, I love the Brazilians in Brazil. So that's what I was thinking originally was I like the, I like the Brazilian dog in this one. But I, I really didn't have a, a big, like any big lean on him. So if you if Eduardo, like you're saying, is going to be popular, I'm with you guys. Let's go Lopez. The curtain jerker, Davison Alcantara Figueredo, is minus one forty, and he's taking on Marco Psycho Beltran. And you know, you know, I, I saw his name was Alcantara, and you know, I thought maybe there was an affiliation. There is an affiliation. He trains out, you know, with the Mirajo brothers, with uh, with Yuri and Ildemar. I don't know if he's at Greg Jackson's with Yuri, but, you know, it, it, the affiliation on Tapology said Mirajo brothers. So, you know what I'm saying? So he's got that fighting blood in him, man. I'll tell you that right now. And, you know, you're, you remember we were watching his uh, regional scene fight, and we thought his opponent was him. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know... They go out there, and Davison Dang. gets dropped hard, and we think the fight's almost over. Then he comes out and finishes his his opponent by knockout. It was uh, it was unbelievable, man. I, man, this kid's a scrapper, man. I feel like I still don't know enough about him, but what I've watched is that he's got that fighting spirit. He's got the technique, and he's going to be a very exciting guy to watch 
in the flyweight division, man. You know, a division that I'm personally a big fan of, but it's always cool to see new guys coming in to that weight class. And with Marco Psycho Beltram, I was very surprised that he made the decision to go down to 125 pounds, man. You know, even though he did lose his last fight to a very tough guy in Joe Soto, prior to that, he was on a three-fight winning streak in the UFC. You know, he won one fight on, on tough against Guido Canetti, who's also in the UFC. And the fight he lost was against Jose Canones, who is also in the UFC. You know what I mean? So he's been fighting some pretty tough guys. So it comes down to a couple things here. It comes down to... How's this weight cut going to be for Marco Psycho, Belt Marco Psycho Beltran? Because I always thought he was kind of a big a big guy for 135. So now he's cutting down to 125, you know. Maybe he's got an amazing nutritionist with him. We're going to have to find out what he looks like. So that's a question mark. And then with Davison, it is that UFC debut. But, man, the kid comes to bang. I'll tell you that right now. So tough, tough call. But you know what? I'm going to go with the newcomer here. Yeah, I'm I'm all over the newcomer here. You know, when the fight got announced, I was hoping he'd be the underdog, but things didn't work out that way. Like you said, Beltran's dropping down to 25, which from 35, him already being a tall guy, I mean, I'm assuming that's going to be a, de a, 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 dead, a deadly weight cut, dropping all that body fat to get to 125. And, I mean, his chin's already not that solid, you know what I'm saying? So this dude, Davidson, can crack. I've seen him put dudes out stiff on the... Uh, local scene and um i think he's gonna do that here he's got that hometown brazilian crowd behind him i don't think the the ufc jitters will be that much of an issue at least not yet but um i think he's gonna have that crowd behind him i think he's gonna lay out marco beltran kyle uh man i i haven't seen enough yet of this davidson kid uh i heard about him for the first time last week the uh, will martin so I, I did it. I looked for him today mainly on YouTube. I, I watched a couple fights that I could find, uh, but it was just such a busy day at work. I didn't get to watch them all. Uh, so I still got to do some research on this kid, but I'm really excited to watch him. And since you guys are high on him as well, I'm going to agree with both of you and pick him as well because Beltran is definitely beatable. And we got the Brazilian. Give me the Brazilian in Brazil. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys, but I still got to do my research on this kid. I'm high on him, but I still don't know enough about him. You know, let's just put it that way because he has been fighting. You know, you know, I respect anyone that steps inside that cage, but let's be honest, he, he has been fighting jobbers. So, you know, Marco Psycho Beltran, you know, you can make the argument he's a jobber, but at least he does have, you know, four UFC fights under his belt and two fights in the Ultimate Fighter. So he's experienced, you know what I mean? So it's going to be his first real test. And if he goes out there and passes with flying flying colors, or even, even if he takes an L and comes back better, man, you know, I, I think this, will, this is going to be a good fight. So I'm pumped about it. Now, before we get out of here, you know we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So Shaq, what is the fight to watch? For UFC 220. Hold on, guys. Hold on. We can't have the main event as a fight to watch because that is the fight to watch. So let's make a rule. No main event. How about that? All right, deal. All right, my Done. fight. My fight to watch is gonna be um. It's gonna be uh, Wallhead versus Chagas. I think it's gonna be a back and forth war. Someone's gonna eventually break and you know go down, and I think the loser is going home. I couldn't agree more, even though they're both bangers, so there could be a case like when Matt Brown lost like three or four in a row and they gave him another chance, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not Matt Brown, exactly. Hey, Kyle, what, what, what is the fight to watch, man? I'm going to go ahead and pick with the banger, Alawale versus Borchina. Uh Man, that could, be, that could be a real fun first round, just bang them out war. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. Let's see if Borchina uh, is deserving of all the hype that he's getting because uh, Alawala can definitely pack a punch. So I'm looking forward to that one. That's my fight to watch. If there's one fight aside from the main event that I want to tell my friends to tune into, it's, it, it's Eric Silva versus Yanti Medeiros. Look, win or lose, Eric Silva has never been in a boring fight. And uh, Yanti Medeiros, exactly the same thing, man. So... 
you know for a fact that these two are going to go out there, you know, whether it's a knockout, a submission, or a three-round war, this is the kind of fight that you want to tune into. It's a perfect pay-per-view opener, you know, and uh, I am very excited for that. So, guys, we got to get down to the fighter to watch. So, Shaq. My fighter to watch is going to be uh, Carlos Jr. here, man. I think he's going to not turn the corner, but establish himself as like a, a threat to the top 15 at uh, 185 and I think he's going to break Spicer. Kyle? Um, from the sounds of it, I'm thinking this Davis and Alcantara kid is the fighter to watch. Uh, just basically on the hype that I'm hearing. So since I haven't done my full research, I'm also going to go ahead and pivot over to Vitor Belfort, man. His, his, his last UFC fight in Brazil, this is like one, his one chance to get a win. Uh, and that's, I feel like that's how most people want to see him go out. And except you're, if you don't like people who do TRT, uh, then you're probably hating both these guys. But Cesar Belfort in his last UFC fight, I'm thinking he's the fighter to watch. We'll see if he can get it done. My fighter to watch is Max Bless Holloway, man. I mean, look, this kid came into the UFC with a 4 0 record. He's literally, he's literally grown before our eyes, and now he's on a 10 fight win streak. He fought McGregor early in his career, went all three rounds, 10 fight win streak, made it all the way to the longtime king, Jose Aldo. And he now, not only that, he's fighting him in Brazil, which many people would have. A big objection to do. Now, man, we're going to have to find out to see what happens. Is he good enough to beat Jose Aldo? I cannot wait to find out. And conversely, you know, Jose Aldo, you know, to come back from that McGregor loss and look unbelievable against Frankie Edgar and now potentially, you know, defend the belt against Max Holloway, man, I cannot wait for that fight. And Max Holloway is my fighter to watch. Now, guys, we did it. UFC 212 this Saturday. Make sure you buy the pay-per-view. And uh, let them know where they can follow you, Shaq. Uh, follow me at MMA Genius 5 Yes, sir. Kyle, let them know what's up, man. You can follow me, Big Marley 3 on Twitter. Uh, I got head-to-heads posted on DraftKings if you want some. But if you come at the king, you best not miss. And you can follow me on Twitter at BestFightPix. You can get my plays on bestfightpicks.com. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Hook up that five-star review. Thank you very much. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.